Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for February 23rd, 3rd, the 3rd, 2019. I'm Ryan Wilson, <laughs> Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Wallace from HockeyHurts.com. All right, cut me some slack. I see a two and a three. The date is two, three, twenty-three, whatever. I don't give a shit. We're not redoing this. <laughs> no, but it is also, you know, Super Bowl day, so we're not doing two. We're not doing two cuts. Uh, spoiler: we we've never actually done a second cut. We do we do no editing whatsoever. I'm sure you can't tell. <laughs> so, uh, it is Super Bowl Sunday. It's uh, in the afternoon. Polar vortex has come and gone here. It's actually almost 50 degrees out today. I got got the garage open. Really? Yeah, we're in a we outdoor February were... podcast, which makes sense for you. But uh, yes, it does. It's been like 40 degrees centigrade here. It's been terrible. That's hot, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Well, I got you beat. We're like 50, so, huh? <laughs> um, Stupid Fahrenheit weirdos. We um, we got a Penguins trade to discuss. Pretty significant one. Uh, we, we've speculated about third-line centers for, for quite a bit of time. Uh, after Broussard, it was pretty clear that we weren't going to wait out that problem or whatever issue it was that he didn't hit his previous um, levels of success, he, he just it didn't work. So I we got that. We got Jake Muzzin on the move. I expected way better from Broussard. It was weird. And the Muzz. Yeah. So Muzzin to Toronto, I think that's pretty huge. And then um, close things out with, uh, since Super Bowl Sunday, I'm hoping to get some good celebrations on touchdowns. So why don't we segue into hockey celebrations um, and, and how nah. how offensive they are and how they get in the way of winning championships. Um, but we'll lead. We're going to start with Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, Nick Bugstad and Jared McCann coming to Pittsburgh. And Derek Broussard and Riley Sheehan out the door. Two guys I'm totally fine not on the roster anymore. It's. I feel so sorry for Prasad. Like it all went wrong, and it all went wrong badly for him. He's on an expiring contract, which this is not going to help. Next year, trying to get a contract where he will, you know, likely wrap up his career. Um, and whilst Rutherford annoys the hell out of me sometimes with some of the stuff that he does, when he makes a mistake, he generally tries to fix it, and. You know, he's gone and got himself a another third line center that he's got signed for an extra couple of years. Well, the thing with Broussard, if he plays well with Florida, it will be written off as he was just a bad fit in Pittsburgh. So he still has a chance to cash in. True. That that's very true. Um, your Rutherford um, points. Just quickly, what's yeah, sorry, keep going. Your your Rutherford points valid in 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 some regards. Um, when when the fuck is this Jack Johnson mistake going to be fixed? 
Yeah, I knew when I said it that was going to come up. <laughs> and I knew when I said it, I went, well, that's the that's the asterisk to the yeah. rule, isn't it? Uh, anyways, <laughs> as you were. Um, when I saw we got Bjergstad right, I've gone, oh, great. And then I've gone, oh, no, he's never really been what everybody thought he was going to be. And I f- was like, did Pittsburgh overpay for a, an ex-first-round draft pick that's never really panned out offensively for what he is? Yeah. First game he played, I watched it. Jeez, he sticks out like freaking honeymooners do. He what? Just he's he's everywhere. He's absolutely every. He's so big. He Hold just, on, what? He dominates. What was everything. that reference? A honeymooners dick on a wedding. Oh, jeez, I had never heard such a thing. All right. Sorry. Oh, that said an Australian anyway. thing. A little bit. Okay. You caught me off guard um, with that one. Yeah. yeah, he is like Sorry about eight that. feet tall. He's ginormous. Yeah, I mean he's he's ginormous out there, and you just and you see him and Kessel look like they sort of worked out where each other's going to be, and Kessel sets him up, and it's like stop hitting the crest, stop shooting the puck into the crest, please don't just you know waste all of this because Gino will be back, he'll end up on the third line, and they want to obviously split the big three. He needs to finish because Kessel's such a good distributor of the puck. So I'll be curious to see what happens for Bukestad. And McCann looks like he's going to be fine whether they pop him in the third or the fourth line center role. It's not Matt Cullen driving the line, so I'm okay with that. Once you go Bukestad, you don't go back. Is that the saying? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no. Um, the... <laughs> Bukestad, you're right. He had a pedigree for a while, and he, he didn't hit... Um, what people thought he was going to be, but that was a uh, for a top six kind of role, third line center behind Crosby and Malkin. That's a different role, like and and it is how many third line centers get a Phil Kessel on their fucking line? And that that's what worries me. He's gonna have a Phil Kessel. Well, no, that's the positive at, of the situation. He's gonna get quality he's at still teammate. Still gonna finish what Kessel does, and he's gonna get. <sighs> uh, he's gonna get. You know, better matchups. Yeah, I hope so. You just look at him, and you can see why. Uh, if you were watching him as a well, youth, you go, "Why is he gonna be the shooter?" Could be. He had like forty-eight points last reckon... year, and. 18 goals or so, right? Does that sound about right? Yeah, I, it does. I just have a feeling that... That's that's the production they the wanted way... from Broussard. Yeah. And I suppose maybe I'm getting sucked into that whole... I've watched two games, and you get there and see what him and Kessel have done, and it just happens in those, what is it, 40 minutes worth of hockey that you sit there and go... Well, Kessel has just set this man up for like six high-quality chances, and not one of them has looked like hitting anything other than the crest of the goalie. So it's the whole recency bias and what you see with your eyes and those sorts of things. But if he produces what you just said he did last year as a third-line center, Pittsburgh are laughing. At worst, this trade is a redo of the Broussard trade. Yeah, and they've got him which, for a, which you, you know, know that's clever. Like they got out of it. I think I, I think I speak for both of us. Like the Broussard trade was a good trade. Oh yeah, yeah. You're not going to hear me argue that at all. Um, 
because you got to evaluate it when the time it's made and it made sense and i thought gustafson was the risky one to lose but his you know it's only one year later but his ahl numbers are pretty crappy um first round picks we've talked about how it doesn't really matter anymore they don't have the luxury of waiting for first round picks to mature and develop no, anymore they so they might as well just fucking trade them away i it, there was a way to <clears throat> go through the Crosby Malkin era, be Stanley Cup competitive, and balance short and long term. But they are past the point of the balancing act. They they did certain things, and now, you know, after this run, they're going to be very bad, and that's just the reality of the situation. So might as well own the now, and trade trade it yeah, all because commit to um, we're past that point in no return. Uh, I still think that there'll be trades made because they still have that first round pick. And yeah, they've still got that one thing that was said by Rutherford that was strange. And, and I'm either gonna hate it or I'm gonna like it. Oh no. And it was about how yeah, Bukestad can play center, but he he's probably gonna end up on the wing. Well. Okay, that's fine. How's he? Who's playing center? Is it because you think Jared McCann is going to be the guy on the third line? Yep, that is my hateful part of it. That's exactly now. If he's got some more magic with a third line, another center like a a Charlie Coyle or Jeff Carter or some something crazy like that. Okay, yeah, wing. Although I don't know where he would go. Well, yeah. You got Hornquist. You just think about... You got um, Rust. You got Kessel. All on the right side. Yeah, I can't... You just leave him at center? Well, yeah, that's what I would... Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. So that was the only weird part of the trade. But I, um, I liked it. I liked the thought process of it. Um, they needed to replace Broussard with a third-line center. They get cost um, certainty for a couple more years uh, on a guy that, you know, there's a reason Florida... Well, Florida's an interesting thing that they're doing. They're doing the internal budget thing, but they're clearing everything for a run at Panarin. Like, next year's free agent crap is pretty pretty damn good. So if they, they'd make a yeah. run at, like, Duchesne and Panarin... Yeah, that extra four mil matters, and to get it off the books and have an expiring contract with Broussard and Sheehan, they're still like fake in the playoff hunt kind of deal. Yeah. So I get it from Florida's yeah. standpoint too, and they got draft picks. And again, um, you know, I can't pretend to care. <laughs> Two fourth rounders, like who gives a fuck? <laughs> the second rounder, okay, yeah. maybe. It's a little bit more of a you. You get the cost certainty. You get a, a third line center replace. You get a redo for a second round pick is basically what happened because the players they traded away were useless. They obviously didn't want them. If yeah. they wanted them, they'd just keep them. They weren't good, and they were five million in cap space. Suppose the the bonus in this situation for Pittsburgh here is um, 
these guys come into an environment where they've gone from not going to make the playoffs to making the playoffs. So if you're going to get a bump, it's usually in that direction. And Broussard had a bump when he came to Pittsburgh off the start, like right off the bat, remember? Then he got injured, then it all sort of went south from there. So you just wonder um, what's going to happen with, with both those players. Pretty tough first game, though. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm not too worried about the, the sample there. Because you get off the plane, a private jet, police escort and you show up 10 minutes before the game now i think a lot of it was overblown those guys did the morning skate yes they were on a plane but you know you're sitting on your ass oh what, you, you, you're saying the pittsburgh media made something no i think it was a cool of, story uh, and and how how they got there and i'm it was pretty cool that they did get there just in the nick of time um yeah but as far as like I don't know. We say it over and over again. There's, there's only so many hockey forechecks you can run or defensive zone coverages you can run. These guys are, aren't fucking dumb. No, they're not, but they are robots, and they do skate to spots that they're told to skate to time Now, now time what I time. would give um, benefit of the doubt on is um, just line mate tendencies because the game still is controlled chaos. Also, knowing the hand of your line mates, um, that's a big deal for me. But I'd also... Um, it's a pet peeve of mine when my players don't know what hand each other are because they never hit them in the fucking forehand. Whoa. You're, you're on the goddamn power play. You don't know whose hand is what? I mean, Jesus Christ. Get off. Get off the ice. Come on. That's off just... Like, it, has, it has nothing to do with talent or skill. That's why it bugs me. Yeah, that's just paying attention. The other thing that I'd I noted is um, you'd see Pittsburgh break out at times with either um, Bukestad or McCann on the ice and they'd skate to where they had to go to for Florida and that's not where Pittsburgh um, evacuate the yeah. zone from. They don't leave yeah, that but... way. And you go, that is purely... They'll learn, this is the point you're making. It's like they'll learn that really quickly. But that's just the robotic nature of, of how they're taught how to exit a zone. So I'll be curious to see how they feel in five or six games and how they fit into how they get out of the zone. All right, so you get your magical iPad on the bench and go, you went here, I want you here, done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, no, a, that's a five-second conversation. Quickly... That, that was and quick. how quickly the players change, though. Because um... you could see it. He Like, Bukestad did it a few times with Kessel. Kessel would pop the puck where he would expect well, Brassard to be skating out or Gino, and... Um, Bukestad just went somewhere completely different and it's like, oh crap, particularly against Toronto. Well, Toronto it was tough without Malkin and oh, and the, what is it, the fourth game in six nights and Toronto's really yeah, good. Lots of reasons and... that does help. Yeah, the Malkin thing's just annoying. Yeah. Blowout game and a fight. Well done. Woohoo! Yeah, that, that, that sucked. It sucked because I want... Like, the Toronto-Pittsburgh games are were my... Kind of the ones I circle on the calendar this year of... I really want to watch these ones. And I want a guy like Malkin in the lineup. But I want all that talent playing. And, and the fact that it... The chance is greater than zero that he fucked it up in a fight sucks. Yeah. Who knows? It could have been the hit, but... 
I have a feeling that landing the way he did on the fight didn't help things. <clears throat> Lisa, it's, not a concussion, it's a little bit stupid. We'll take a positive out of a negative, absolutely. Malkin finished the game, though, right? As far as I know, he did. The, they did, they the did Tampa game, yeah. Time. They label a guy day-to-day, he finishes the game, and then he's out for like a month. <laughs> That's like the Penguins thing. So hopefully this time yeah. they're telling the truth with day-to-day. But yeah. I like seeing Sid get that uh, slap shot top of the circle goal, though. That felt like uh, 10 years ago. I know, ago. that... Um, they, they used to really let it rip from that right circle with Gonchar feeding those pucks. I was going to say, as good as Latang is, quite clearly Gonchar is just elite at that hole, knowing exactly where to put that pass for either Gino or Crosby to rip that. That it should beautiful. be easier for like, Latang oh, wow. as a righty, faking a shot and being able to pump it over. Yeah, but whenever you see him fake and pump, like whenever you see him fake it and pass it over there, it's like he just, all his timing's off with it pass either too fast or it's more in the skates than the players need it just it, it does show you the separation of that particular skill set that he has compared to Gonchar yeah when was Gonchar done too soon 2011-12 was that his last year I think or so. was I it 2010-11 so. yeah that might have been it I thought he I, th- I thought he did 11-12 anyway it's been a while now um mm. I guess if if Rutherford's going to be looking for another trade, now that we brought up defensemen, like I don't, I don't. This Michael Furland stuff doesn't make sense to me. No, not a, not unless um, you're bumping Pearson in that trade, and you're just like, you know what, not not enamored with paying Pearson past uh, this year. Um, let's just get an expiring Furland who I think will be better and maybe Carolina wants to do the Pearson thing for a few years that would be an interesting one because Pearson's kind of been blah for me it's he's an interesting player in that he seems to do all the little stuff right doesn't really get burnt doesn't really make any errors but doesn't really do anything at the other end and you do get there and go, has he been playing at all lately? Like, he's just would have sort of been it's invisible. Riley Sheehan. That's, that's, prob- that's like Riley Sheehan. He'll probably Sheehan. go on a tear at some point. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, can't really argue that point either. But um, unless you're moving, like, Pearson out to get a winger, you you want to make an upgrade there. I, I they got to focus on the defense because all the forwards in the world ain't going to be worth the shit if they can't. Get the puck, and Schultz, yes, Schultz is going to help, for sure. But who knows, I could see him fucking the pairings up and putting Johnson with Schultz. Oh, God, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. The biggest, the, 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 you, you know that it's bad if Jesse Marshall is finally admitting to the public that Jack Johnson's a turnstile. Well, I, th- I think it was known... Just kind of, yeah, but to I know what I'm, I'm a little you know bit exactly what I'm saying. Quick to <laughs> I don't give people as long of a rope. Jesse's a nicer person than I. 
the thing with that though is that if he's doing it and then you follow what happens after he says stuff like that everybody jumps on board is more my point do you know what I mean there are people that like to be out in front of the crest and there are those that are on the crest and there are those that come in at the back of the wave and if Pittsburgh get all these fans on the back of the wave it's not going to make a difference for you know Rutherford's never going to give a toss what the fans think but there seems to be a hue and cry at the moment that Jack Johnson is one of the reasons his team is struggling. Well, well like it's you not said, even you were on, the ice. It's, it's the three point whatever million that's fucking up their ability to maneuver. Cor- correct. And like, you know, we're all over it when it, when it happened. Yeah, I mean, and I hated it before the it signing was even made. It wasn't difficult. I'm sure I had some angry tweets that the days leading up, like, no what the fuck are we doing here? This is obviously bad. <laughs> no. As Micah, as Micah always says, pay me a million bucks a year to stop you from making five bad decisions and I'll be worth it. I think he raised his price on that, though. Smart man. Yeah, well... Yeah, Micah's... I don't know. They, they, need to, they need to do addition by subtraction there. What's that? If you got there and told me, if you got there and told me that Jack Johnson wasn't going to be in the lineup the rest of the year, and we only replaced him with Schultz, and that's all it was, I reckon that back six would be good enough to get by, and with a bit of puck luck, could go a long way in the playoffs. You put Schultz into that lineup with Johnson still in there, and then I think those, <clears throat> excuse me, then I think those chances drop. I I kind of want to see Pedersen away from Johnson. Yeah, I think a few people have actually mentioned that as well. I mean, he's not... He's been fine. Uh, Doesn't change my opinion on, you know, their usage of Sprong, but... He... He's with Johnson all the time, though, so it's like... What what are my realistic expectations for him? Yeah, the question is, who's holding who up? Because I reckon I know what a lot of people will say, but I think Pedersen's holding up Johnson. I don't think either of them are holding anything. I think they suck. They're getting caved in. I don't think Pedersen's that They've bad. They've had some really, really good games. Like, where they're 80% possession in a game. That's happened more than once. But overall, they're still rocking a mid-40s possession so if they're having those great games it's like the flurry save percentage yeah. thing when he had like 10 shutouts and he was like a 908 guy or something like that it's like well what's pulling it back the other way oh shit yeah, yeah not great not great Bob and yeah those three goals on 12 shot guns. and <clears throat> you know our buddy chameleon he's he's not getting any help right now Yuso Ricola is not an NHL player right now I, I don't know what Honest to God, I don't really think much about... I haven't really evaluated him much. I just know that none of the numbers show me that he should have a spot every night. It's just strange ha- watching this year. They, they must really hate Ruedel. And and he actually got ice just... when they won it all. Yeah, I looked at Ruedel and went, what has that man done to like, he's deserve not great, this treatment? That, because they haven't... But... They haven't rotated him into the lineup at all. Like he's not great, but you know, neither is Ricola, and neither is Jack Johnson. 
and we don't know what the hell Pedersen is yet. Yeah. I, I, I think, and I'm pretty sure we talked on the podcast about when Schultz comes back, it's either got to be Schultz Mata or Schultz Dumoulin. And I know some people don't want to break up the top pairing, but if you want to get anything out of Mata, Chameleon Man's got to get a partner. So he's got to play with one of the two good righties. Yeah. Or, or, I don't know. You just tried Jack Johnson. How? He has a no-movement clause. I don't know. Oh, no, hang on. I always forget this. Really? Yeah, his contract. I don't reckon he does. Not, he doesn't actually. His contract says no movement clause. Oh. Sorry, I was going to say, I don't remember there being an official one. Yeah, but yes, yeah it's right, right the there. The one that pays him his money. That is the no movement clause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a fucking star. It's true. Like, who, the, who yes, would want no, that pile of shit? Not a person. The hockey player. Um... Ed, Ed, Edmonton. Edmonton. I don't even think they're that stupid. No, well, Chirelli's gone now, so everyone's bailout. It's gone. Jack fucking Johnson. Jesus Christ. He's fucking terrible. Right. I'm sorry. I know this is like month five or whatever of it, but I, I still... I detest watching him play. Speaking of which, Jake Muzzin. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Should have traded for him for that price. Now you're making me mad again. Feels a bit that way. No, honestly, <laughs> the, the cost the to acquire. Like, yeah, Pittsburgh should have been mean. all over that. It doesn't feel like they were asking too much, does it, LA? Like, the first rounder? Well, Toronto's probably got going to have a worse one than Pittsburgh or they're at least in the same ballpark as far as where the, yeah where both teams are hoping at the top 10 so, um, yeah I don't know much about the Toronto prospect that went the other way and I know Pittsburgh's kind of not doesn't have that but what if they gave them their first and their second round pick this year something like that and maybe throw them Tristan Jari. I don't fucking know. People like throwing his name into traits. <laughs> yeah, we just throwing him every, in every trade, isn't well, it? Well, he's never going to be significant in Pittsburgh. Might as well. Mm. Not with the Smith there making dirt cheap money for three more years. Murray. Um, what's Jari going to magically, when Murray's contract is up, overtake the Smith? I think you might be onto something there. That could be a, that could be a difficult challenge. And his AHL numbers aren't even that good this year. No. But Muzzin, yeah, it's not like Muzzin, the very good. He's always been an analytics darling. He's a little bit older. He's not quite the guy he was, but still a very good player. Has size, has puck skills uh, to facilitate the breakouts. Um, I've always been a fan from afar, and, you know, Kyle Dubas, that's really good trade. He understands it's win now, 
even though he's got a young team, he's got guys on ELCs, including his big dog. Well, two well, of them, Mar- Marner, dog, he's lost Marner and him. And yeah, you know he's going at it, and good. That's smart. Well, he kind of has to because not only are the two big dogs up, Kasperi Kapanen's going to need a contract extension as well. Like, he's been really good for them. Suddenly going, I, 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 was, I was glad yeah. to see him uh, do well. Um, doesn't change my opinion of the Kessel trade that he's um, doing really well. Uh, that that trade worked for both teams, I think. Yeah, that was that's the traditional win-win. That trade without Kessel, yeah, they finally year, tanked. This and <laughs> the Kapanen's turned into a guy, and the tank. Got him, probably my favorite non-penguin in Austin Matthews. So I um I look at that roster and they need to sort of win it this year so that they're flexible because they're suddenly going to have three players earning substantially more than they currently do. Well, they they've got some things going, and they're on. not. They can get rid of Hainsey. I think Zaitsev's out the door. You reckon they'll just trade him? Yeah, I do. And I think somebody will take him. I think he's no good. But that was clearly a Lou Lou contract. And what does Zaitsev make? Five? Doesn't he make something up there? It's four and a half. Okay, well, bye. (laughs) See ya. Because, I mean, that's the thing. Him and and Gardner basically make the same amount of money. So, well, I suppose they've got there and they've just made, you know, eight Muzzin's the gardener insurance. Yeah. Unfortunately. like the, But they do get a run with both of them. But Gardner's going to make bank. Yeah, correct. Uh, it, I yeah. think he happens to be a really good player. Unfortunately, he had that really bad game seven. And that skews opinions. But he's a solid player. I've always, always liked him. Uh, the Toronto, yeah, they're they're in great shape. Uh, it's going to make a big deal. They look good for, for this year. I, it's it's hard for them though because of the way the playoff freaking thing works. Like if you've noticed, every team except for maybe Carolina and Tampa have hit slumps this year, and you know there's a chance that Toronto have been in and out of theirs now, and they're going to be okay. You look at Washington struggling. They're going to have to go through Tampa eventually, around eventually. earlier than they sh- around earlier than you they know should. What? And Pittsburgh I think had that to do with Washington sucks. twice. If you're going to win it all, you're going to get. Oh, I know. Yeah, I realize that. I realize that. Um, yeah. So it's for me. I. What else would you want to do to this roster right now, like to the Toronto one? Because they look pretty solid to me. If you know what I mean. Got to get Matt Martin. <laughs> and fire Babcock and get Randy Carlisle back in there. No, honestly though, um, uh, I don't actually know how controversial this take is, but I think Mike Babcock is an average coach. Oh, you've made that clear before. I don't think he's a bad coach. I do not even think he's anywhere close to being the best in the world at 
that position. He rode the coattails of John Sebastian Jaguer on a shitty trap team in 03. And then gets to Detroit, and holy shit <laughs> with that roster. Like, but he only wins one cup with it. That Penguins team should not have beat them in 09. And I know Datsu got hurt, but that roster was even still insane. Yeah. Rafalski retired after the, the the loss, right? Second one, yeah, I think so. Lidstrom Rafalski, I remember going on uh, Hockey Analysis back when it was still a thing. And they were like on the year as a pairing like 60 something percent <laughs> it was so stupidly good um, and he just he hasn't won a he, Adam Gretz has used this tweet before he has the same amount of playoff um, round wins like to win a round as Dan Bilesma in the last number of years It's amazing what perception can do for you when getting a chance to coach Canada. Yeah. Wow, what a hard job. Guess who else would win a gold medal coaching that team? Probably me. <laughs> me. Probably me. you too. He, he, you know, with that roster, he played a very defensive style game and was in one goal games with the United States in some of those tournaments. Um, they were you know, well in control of the game, but, like, they were playing a conservative way. They should have blown the fucking doors off. <laughs> um, I don't think that would be the case anymore. I think the U.S. got fucked over by this past Olympics. They they really got some... Finally creeping towards that Canada top-end, best-on-best uh, best caliber um, hockey. And... Um, you know, again, I don't think he's a bad coach, but I don't think coaching Team Canada and those Golden Medals doesn't really move the needle for me. Like, okay, good. You told them to, you know, you, you made the lines and the best players in the world did their thing. Great. Pretty much. Um, so I don't really... All it is is ego management. So I don't really take um, I don't pay attention to the Canada part of it I, I just look at his NHL work um, and it, it, it's been you know he's got Ron fucking Hainsey in the top pairing uh, all the time until the Muzzin trade <laughs> like well Pittsburgh did it it must be good um, yeah not really no like he suffers from the same shit all of them do. So, that's just my two cents on it. Well, seeing as we're being really positive about the sport, why are people complaining about the Hurricanes? Um, because they're... Idiots. Yeah, I, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, hockey men are the worst people in sports the the 200 hockey men seem to be 
reproducing now too. <laughs> it's as a problem. Yeah. I don't know how either. They're all men. How do they reproduce? <laughs> Strange. It's a phenomenon we'll have to look into, but there seems to be more than 200 now. And it just... Why do you care so much? Not, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying everybody has to like, like it and be like, this is the best thing ever! But to be like, insulting, this is a disgrace, da, da, da. like, get out of here. How does that make a mockery of the game any worse than throwing a shoe on the ice? Or or how about being an alcoholic and a cokehead? Which, <laughs> gee, I don't know if people know, but in the NHL, they people like alcohol and cocaine. Yeah, so it's... I don't know. It feels like they just don't like change. Don't like to see things move out of their don't control. Don't like museums. And, uh, yeah. Um... And with, you know, there were plenty of comments, but um, not to pick on Justin Bourne, but I guess I'm going to. Like, he went all in on that. You know, he's trying to play it off like, well, I was insinuating. No, you made the point that how could this team be serious about a cup if they're worried about playing duck duck goose and that kind of stuff and how it imp that five minutes impacts their ability to have their ice baths and treatments and all of that stuff and uh Wazinski went at him today on twitter a little bit and i agreed with him and um here's the best part after saying all that how could you be serious nobody uh people with cup aspirations would do this do you know who came up with the celebration? Justin Mi- Lee, Mr. Sure. Game 7, the Corsi God. Yeah. Former Con Smythe winner, three-time cup champion, Justin Williams. So, yeah, maybe it isn't really that big of a deal. They wouldn't be doing it if a majority of the roster didn't want to it's do it. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and... There's going to be a huge fucking touchdown tonight, and there's going to be a great celebration after it, and it's not going to mean that they didn't want to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, and it's a victory I, thing. I, I, like, if they like it, then they only do it after victories, and it motivates them to the get a thing, victory. The other thing I don't understand, though, is that Almost everybody in the media complain about how dull and boring hockey players are. No, they don't. How robotic no, they are in their responses. Fans do. Media people act like you've been there before. They're they're the dullards. But you get yeah, what I, I know. mean. It's like they go they go out they they do something that's a little bit different. And actually, you are right. It is. It's literally the ex hockey players in the media that say, "Act like you've been there before." Alex Ovechkin did like, the flaming stick, and he 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 might as well have murdered a toddler. <laughs> or interfered in an election. Um, yeah, I get you. You're right. This sport needs to shift, and I don't know how or if and when it will. It's starting to right now with Duck Duck Goose. Just keep doing it. These boomers will die out. Do it away from home as well would be even better. Yeah, 
that would be hilarious. <laughs> and and I'm gonna I'm, I want to take it a step further. I don't I I think well you know what honestly if you had a goal celebration after every goal I I would be fine with it. I think it would be tough to keep coming up with ideas. Um, unless you had like a Yager salute or like you had a thing, you know, like that was your celebration yeah. kind of thing. But you score, um, even in the regular season, like score with like two minutes left to tie the game and you got like this, um, you know, choreographed fucking celebration. Great. That's awesome. People would be talking about it. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Screwing a goal is like scoring a touchdown. You might as well celebrate. Like, there are a lot of teams, you know, you play with your line mates for a good chunk of time. There should be choreographed celebrations within their lines. You know? Yeah. Four different goal celebrations. I agree. <laughs> but, man, I just... How do you get upset at that? Got to have something to complain about, particularly in Canada. Like hockey's twenty four seven media coverage now. If you don't have something to get other people listening angry or watching angry, people won't watch it. That's not true because the NFL, everybody bitched that they threw flags for celebrations, and now they brought them back and like they have segments, best celebrations of the week, and everything's positive about it. You can do that. That can happen. Instead, in we, we have the No Happiness League. <laughs> Just like the NFL was the No Fun League. The Fun League. Yeah, I remember that. And it's so stupid. And yeah, Carolina's probably going to have some that fall on their face. Like, they try to do like a choreographed thing like they've been doing, and it's like, eh. Yeah, that one wasn't as good. But, so what? They can't all be winners. I like the duck duck goose. That's no. hilarious. I I still enjoy the Bali one. They're all good. The fact that oh, they're yeah. doing it, it's just fun. And and you don't think like Rob Brindamore doesn't seem like he has the personality for this. If he really, he he seems like a hockey man. He seems fine with it. Yeah, I suppose it is one of those things where they wouldn't be doing it if the majority of the players didn't like it, right? What if, what if it's it just is, Justin Williams it, in the locker room, fucking holding them all hostage? You're gonna fucking do this because I'm Mister Game Seven. <laughs> I've already got my like, trophies. Oh. I don't give a shit. We're doing the dance thing. <laughs> yeah, that seems uh, highly likely. <laughs> <sighs> Idiots. All right, well, we'll keep this one nice and short so I can get to work. Ryan can go and get himself organized for his Super Bowl touchdown celebrations. Okay, I got my red label. Picked it up at the store. Got, uh, got everything I need. Um, who do you, you think is going to win it? Uh, I think it's a pretty... I'm hoping it's a close game. I, I, I honestly don't care who wins. I know that being a Bills fan and having the Patriots fucking beat the shit out of them every year. 
um, gets gets <laughs> old as a Bills fan, but like I'm not going to hate them because they're good at their job. Uh, both coaches don't make as many of the mistakes that all the other dumbass NFL coaches make. Uh, so there's really uh, Bill Belichick won't have as much of an advantage in the smart choices um, column as he usually does. Yeah. Um, and and he didn't last year either with the Eagles guys. Pretty he's one of those uh, smarter ones. So I think the Patriots are going to win. I think I might have gone Rams if Todd Gurley was healthy, but it doesn't appear that he is. I'm just going to go Rams purely because it's not the yeah, Patriots. I get that. The problem is Bill Belichick usually will um, double team your best offensive player and then play man on your second best. Yeah, and just force the rest and of without Gurley. I get it. Like I can see him just letting CJ Anderson rush the ball or give up the rush. Uh, this was the strategy Belichick used against the Bills in the Bills' first Super Bowl. They weren't giving any of the passing up, and they were going to let Thurman Thomas run all day long, but the Bills kept trying to pass. And I think that strategy <laughs> is probably what they would do uh, something similar today. So I'm going Patriots. They usually um, find a way just because, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be legal. I don't just know if they've been cheating. I just think they're going to win. <laughs> I think I think Gronk's going to have a big game. Oh, and then so they're going to dump him in the offseason. Really? This is Gronk's swan song I don't know if they... in New England, and I think he's going to have a big game. That or James White or Sony Mich- Michelle or Julius, Julian Edelman. Uh, but yeah. Good luck picking what Patriot player is going to fuck you over. Probably be that white fullback. What the fuck's his name? I had to pick him up in DraftKings. <laughs> he always vultures touchdowns. I don't know his goddamn name off the top of my head, though. He's number 45. He's white. Um, anyways. Um, so, yeah. that's Those are my, those are my um, very fanish... Super Bowl comments, opinions about the game, but I, I do I would love an overtime game so we'll see Alright, well with that in mind you know where to find us everybody at hockey underscore hurt, at walshy 66, at gunner stall uh, you can pick up Ryan's stuff at hockeybuzz.com uh, I'm not writing at the moment I'm literally just podcasting and on that note, duck duck Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.